0: Welcome to the official podcast of the Brewmasters Club, craft brews and geek news. Sit back, pour yourself a pint, and let's get into it. Now here's the founder of the Brewmasters Club and your host, Donnie gallagher welcome everybody this is donna gallagher i'm here with the entire cast of the brewmasters club podcast craft brewers and geek news i'm joined today by a very awesome panel of uh rogue one frequent viewers and a typical panel here we are looking at mr ryan roberts how are you sir i'm
1: doing good
0: okay joined by your lovely wife ashley how are you ash
1: i'm nice i'm wonderful
0: (laughs) excellent and mr dano how are you doing dude it's good to have you back in florida
1: Hey, glad you're not here. That's
0: right. <laughs> well, wow, it's really cold right here. Mr. Lossman, <laughs> our final co-host, how are you, bro?
2: Doing good, man. Bearding it up here down here.
0: Excellent. Well, guys, just so you know, this um, this particular podcast here is actually brought to us today by um, Audible.com. Get a free audio book and download a 30 day free trial. AudibleTrial.com forward slash Brewmaster's Club. Surf over 180,000 titles. Um, choose for one on your iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's all I have to say about that. If you want to support the show, please go to AudibleTrial.com forward slash Brewmaster's Club to actually reserve your title and start your free trial. Now, Let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> we are the we are the <laughs> official podcast of Brewmasters Club. We are here to talk about craft brews and geek news, namely uh, some definitely good craft brews to check out here for the Christmas season. We've got your 12 beers of Christmas to help you survive your in-law nightmare. Um, we're going to talk about a couple other things, namely, Rogue one, this will be very spoiler heavy. We're going to start off, do our 12 beers of Christmas, then we're going to do our uh, uh, non-spoiler review, which will be very short than our very long uh, spoiler-review uh, version of Rogue One. So let's get into it, guys. First off, who's excited to talk about the 12 beers of Christmas? I am.
2: Uh, Dolphinately, right? Or- <laughs> yeah.
0: I see a lot of hands. All right. First off, like I said, we're going to fly through these. This list here was created from craftbeer.com. It is the uh, 12 Beers of Christmas. They start off with the Anchor Brewing's Our Special Ale. Ale, excuse me. It's from San Francisco. It's special ale known as the Anchor Christmas Ale. It's the granddaddy of Christmas beer and in my opinion, it is the craft beer that has regained and reignited Americans' passion for holiday beers. Do you guys like any kind of craft beers cuz I don't know if like the Christmas craft ales are necessarily different than any other kind of beer. I don't particularly find any value in them. How about you guys?
3: Look, Donnie, the only Christmas beer I've ever had is the Sam Adams Christmas, whatever. It tastes great. And I have it every year, but that's, that's the only thing I've ever drank for Christmas that has Christmas in the label.
0: Has anybody had a substantially great Christmas ale? Besides
1: the one that we had, that I had from big storm last week, the one from craft life that tasted like Christmas in your mouth. That was a great beer. Connie,
0: I know you had that one. So, yeah, well, they, they mentioned a couple of them. So there's a, there's a Christmas beer. That's number three on this list from great lakes brewing company. And there's a mad elf from trogues brewing company out of Hershey, Pennsylvania. Again, like I don't necessarily think that I've had a really great Christmas beer until I hit number four on this list, which is the celebration from Sierra Nevada, our unofficial sponsor. Have you guys had that one?
2: great
1: beer. I'm not. I'll take that beer
0: all day. That celebration beer. So the celebration ale that Sierra Nevada has, it's, it's just got a ton of different, it's got like the nutmeg. It's got a little bit of uh like a, like not a cherry wheat, but it almost has that sweetness. It's like pie almost, but it's, it's just so good, but it's it's a great it's it's a celebration essentially what they what they called it that leads us right into the next one which is number 5 here it's the jubilation 19 um and that's from hebrew the chosen beer out of new york um and it's it's a celebratory beer it's on the brewery's anniversary they release it every single year and it's it's fantastic it's made with 10 malts nine hop varieties adding up to again 19 ingredients just like they said jubilation 19 so that's a pretty cool one well so you might you might find appreciation for this beer saint nicholas bach beer that's number six out of Penn brewery uh, pittsburgh pennsylvania would you try one that was called saint nicholas
2: a <laughs> uh, huge fan of the uh the name the first portion of it anyways uh love it uh, uh did they go on to mention any sort of red beard or red uh, anything
0: don't think so no but okay. the next oh. one no, the next one—the next one we have on here, the Two Xmas. Have you guys had that one from Southern Tier? Because I swear I saw it's a Southern Tier on the on the table there.
2: We've got some Southern Tier, but it's not their uh, their their. Xmas. The
0: Two Xmas, yeah. yeah. Well, this one, this one is unique, and it it really will. It, it is the one that I always suggest people pick up because Southern Tier is so popular, and it gets you know you you can pretty much pick it pick it up anywhere and this will definitely get you through the holiday season because it's nice it's hoppy and it's got a lot of flavor to it um it was introduced in 2012 um and it's actually brewed with figs orange peel spices it's not one of those overbearing red zinger type tea mixes but it's got a really tight a really tight body it's rich it's creamy and it's not unlike the brewery's highly regarded autumn seasonal pumpkin so it's very different from the pumpkin. However. The Southern Tier Pumpkin is one of my favorite pumpkin beers that that are out there. Um, moving on to number eight, Santa's Little Helper from Port Brewing Company out of San Marcos, California. 10% alcohol, Louseman. This is a beer that's right up your alley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> chocolate, Russian kind of imperial style stout. Um, it's really like a dessert slash beer. Louseman, would you drink Santa's Little Helper? I'm sure you would.
2: Uh, it sounds good, but uh, gotta be honest, uh, you know, if if all of my beer was uh, you know, 10% and very dark and whatnot, probably pick something else. <laughs> you know, if I'm stuck, if I'm stuck between that beer and something else, uh, I'm gonna pick something a little bit on the lighter side, but
0: Ryan. This is for you. The number nine. It's called um, the Sled Wrecker. It's in, it's from Notting Head Brewery and Restaurant in Pennsylvania, PA. It's a winter warmer that's made out of Barbados molasses and rum-soaked fruit. That is something that I'd like to try, and I think that you, of all guys, what I see your face. You don't you don't think that your molasses and rum-soaked fruit would be a, a drink for you.
1: No, that actually
0: sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, it sounds really good. It sounds really good. That was number nine. Number 10 here, we've got Eight Maids of Milking from the brewery in Orange County, California. Um, basically, it's it's a crazy release that is anything except for a milk stout. Um, it's an imperial milk stout meant meant to stand up to old, whatever Old Man Winter throws at you. So I can only assume that this one's going to be a very um, true-to-the-style milk stout style where it's it's going to be very rich, extremely heavy, Um, And just an all-around good drinking beer when it gets really cold outside. Um, I would definitely drink that. And they're they're going to drink that. They're going to actually produce that through 2019. So that'll be fun. Continuing on, we have two left. The number eleven is going to be Santa's Private Reserve out of Rogue Ales. In Newport, Oregon, um, this one strikes me as an unusual ale for the holidays, not just because it's so distinctively hoppy, but it is the label's raised clenched fist that throws me a very unsanta like pose, as in, um, it's going to be very rich. It's going to be very heavy. It's going to be a little bit different. Um, but again, this is one of those Christmas beers that you say, this could taste like anything. It could taste like nutmeg, pine, spruce. It could taste like a number mm-hmm. of things. But I would definitely give Santa's private reserve a uh, a try if Santa, you know, condoned it. Number 12. The last one here that we have is the Winter Solstice. This is from Anderson Valley Brewing Company out of Boonville, California. And it is a true nod to the roots of the holiday season. Uh, Though I highly doubt the Druids of 200 BC were enjoying ale's flavor of vanilla, this is an exceptionally creamy winter warmer, which I happen to like. When I get a winter warmer, I love it to have vanilla or... Um, that, you know, clove or that, that vanilla flavor, um, you don't see it very often. But again, for a winter warmer, I like it to specifically taste like something that has to do with Christmas. Um, that was really fast, really furious. What did you guys think of that That rundown of the 12 beers for Christmas?
2: I think I'd be pretty drunk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> any of those stick out in particular? or You, just, you guys are just going to get on the next piece.
1: All together. No, I think that was a great rundown. And I think that anybody that takes any of those suggestions to their family uh, or to their Christmas party that they're having in the next couple of days. Because let's face it, guys, it's Tuesday. We've got a couple of days before Christmas. Anyone that takes it there is going to be really well prepared for their Christmas dinner and for all of the family that they have to talk to. So Yeah, and yep. I also too, that having, and I'm not a, craft, a big craft beer drinker, but I think for people who are craft beer drinkers, this is a really nice like line up for them to taste all the different flavors you were saying. And, you know, especially if they have like a group of us sitting around our table, it'd just be a really good, um, you know, like layout for them to have.
0: Yeah. No, I think it's a a good list. And I think that, you know, thank the guys at craftbeer.com for putting that together. But now we move on to what beers we brought tonight. So I think that you guys can kind of lead the show because I'm drinking something, of course. I'm in Indianapolis right now, but I'm drinking one of the uh, Thoughters Sterling Stout, which is the one I brought from South Florida. So let's just uh, move into what you delightful young chaps here had brought (laughs) for the evening. Go ahead and and give us a rundown. Give us a run through. Tell me what
2: you guys brought. Oh, boy. So I'm just kind of Mm. trying to. To make a little sense out of all of it, Um, so for all of us, uh, we decided to lead tonight with the, uh, it is the Imperial Hell's Lager, or Heels Lager, the Krampus. That's a Christmas beer. Uh, It's got a lot to do with Krampuses and Krampus-type apparatus, or apparati. Lovely little beer um, by Southern Tier Brewing Company. Awesome little logo. Really good time. Uh, we've got some of it pouring around. It looks like somebody tried to fashion the uh, the bottle top back onto this. That's adorable. Um,
1: Filled miserably,
2: but uh, it's got kind of a big, long story about Saint Nick being on the uh, on the bottle there. Um, tastes like Krampus. Somebody's moving it. Uh, but uh, magical holiday cheer. Blah 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 blah. Saint Nick, big red beard. Always a good time. Uh, you know, I got no issues with this. Uh, it's it's actually been very good. Nine uh, percent uh, by volume, uh, actually. Yeah, it's pretty serious. Yeah, it's pretty
1: serious stuff. It actually kind of kicks you in the mouth right when you taste it. It's like a horse, but it's got a good floral accent. Same time, good notes of uh, yeah. freshness, uh, a little piney. So you know, uh, you get that that accent there. Not quite like an IPA, but um, I love it's the. Good. It's definitely. A, I mean, it's definitely a lager, but it hits you like. <laughs>
2: I like love the to face. see a, a New York beer just coming at us like this with, like, guns out, you know, sun's out, guns out, just coming guy. at us I will. full force. Right. I really do enjoy that. Donnie, it's it's an amber color.
3: It's got a very high bitterness. Uh, the aroma is pine and floral. Yeah. Notes of uh, bright piney hops, and it's a crisp lager. And that's, that's your Krampus for you.
0: Very good. No, it sounds delicious. Uh, I think I've had the Krampus before. I I certainly haven't had it this year, but it it sounds pretty good. If you guys are liking it, I I trust your opinion. What else you got?
2: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. In in celebration of the Rogue One, we've got the Rogue Eight.
0: (laughs) Ooh, spicy. I like it.
2: Big differential right. there, buddy. It's very close, but several <laughs> off. I mean, I don't pick these things. It's not on me. Um, but <laughs> the only thing
1: they have in common is rogue. <laughs> yeah. What it's else saying, would you like in common? Saying, well, you know.
0: How, over- how, how hard do you think that the Rogue yeah. Brewery tried to get a Rogue One affiliation before this movie launched?
2: Oh. I feel like they went dead guy ale, and then they went to the <laughs> other roads, and then they went I'm out. Like I think that's exactly what happened. They, so basically, they
0: could have gone they could they could have gone red five.
2: Maybe we'll see what happens
0: because he wasn't in the movie, that's was he? Cool.
2: yeah. No, that'd have been great. And then
1: Spoiler. they could. Spoiler alert!
0: Yeah, It'd be like <laughs> cool about all of it, but I don't know. Are we cracking this open or are we? Crack just... it open. Let me see how. Let me see how it is, guys. I, <laughs> I need, I need somebody. Somebody walk me what through this he, as you guys are opening this.
1: Brood Boy 813 is going to do the honors on this one. And uh, we're going to pour it in. We're not going to mix it with the crepus. Oh, no. So that's dot dot three. A little bit darker. Yeah. And, uh, a little bit hoppier. I mean, it better be because it's like Rogue 8. So it's way beyond what we are. It's way beyond Rogue 1 through 7. Uh, Yep.
0: What is the what is the significance in the 8? I'd love to know.
1: Well, I, wow. I can only assume it's brewed with 8 different hops but I mean, that and there was super
2: super yeasty in the bottom of the bottle no that was our beer no that was this one that was this one
1: yeah look at it, Ooh. Yeah, look at it. oh yeah oh yeasty. oh very very <laughs> hoppy Fricker. no it's very
3: an, an eight hop ipa uh yeah as soon as you drink it right away it hits you
0: is it um is it smoother or is it a little bit more brash like a lot of the higher alcohol doubles
1: it's, it's, it's smoother than the highlight, but hoppier, like a double. Or mm-hmm. a uh, – <laughs>
0: would that be a thing? That's a thing. I just don't know if that's a thing for this thing. Is it the boogala?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: we'll get into that in a second, I guess.
1: I love to get Ashley's opinion. She's not oh, really no. a fan of IPAs, I'll be honest. But uh, why don't you go ahead and give us a little – snap. Uh, yeah. Give us your uh, – no, because there's there's probably some ladies out there that are listening to the podcast that want to get into the crappier. And you know, might want you to take. On okay, this. so I prefer this, and I'm again, not a craft beer drinker, um, on the regular. I prefer this reaction over the previous. The compass. Yes. Really. The Krumpus just hit my taste buds. Totally not where I like them. But this is more. Enjoy- I could. I could enjoy this more. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but, what makes yeah. you enjoy that more than the compass? Because the Krumpus is not supposed to be as hoppy as. Okay, well, I love the little piney thing on the Krumpus. I enjoy okay. the I enjoy the smell of that over the rope. Okay. Um, so the piney the
0: piney thing would be called the floral hop notes. If you're just going to talk about it like oh. you, you know, it's like a craft beer podcast or something. It's fine. If, you know, it's okay.
1: Yes, but um, I just I, I like this one more.
0: Good, <laughs> good.
1: I really like IPA, so I think I don't, for all those changed. ladies out there, or even guys that aren't into the really. IPA ish or hobby taste and flavors, you know, give it a shot. It's and this
3: and this one would be more brash and burly
1: compared to others, so just take. I'm just trying. Totally.
0: I'm trying to understand what it is. If it if it if it's not a like a IPA or if it's a double that's real sweet or if it's something that's just insanely it's more, like an imperial IPA. Go ahead.
1: Totally more sweet and yeah. nowhere near as bitter.
0: Okay, good. Um, so it's, it drinks more like a double, like you said, Ryan. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It definitely finishes smooth real clean uh real fresh yeah, yeah. You
0: will. yeah. well good well those, those bombers seem pretty awesome and you guys got anything else over there what, do you, what else are you working on that's
1: all we got <laughs> all right <laughs> the rest is the basics just to get us through the night all right fantastic
0: so guys and gal let's get into it uh rogue one
1: <laughs> Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: what happened <laughs> and what are we like now that's, that, that's what I want to know. What do you want to know? What happened and what are we like now? Because that was a crazy movie. That was
0: a crazy movie. All right, well, let me just let me just properly uh, walk us into this. All right, so the whole panel here has now actually seen Rogue One, a Star Wars story. It's the first standalone movie on the Star Wars story for the Star Wars story, setting up Han Solo possible Obi-Wan, Boba Fett, everything else that could be, but what and will the pale reflect on for this particular movie? What do we predict? And what kind of tidbits and spoilers or um, things can we give away here that will actually uh, lead to us further enjoying the Star Wars saga as a complete story? First off, let me just tell you right now, we're going to do about five, maybe 10 minutes of non-spoilers, and then we're going to go into 28 Different points that tie this movie into the other movies, <laughs> and/or and/or definitely possible spoilers that are going to destroy any other kind of uh, of inclinations that you may have had if you have not seen this movie. So, for the next five minutes, bros, what I'm going to ask you is some very objective questions, and what I need for you to do is answer nicely answer unspoiler free so we're not we're not doing the spoilers right now okay this is your first warning no spoilers first off initial takes guys think of all the movies that you've seen ryan ashley included what is your feedback on this particular movie i start with you no spoilers
1: i loved it for the integrity of the way that they made it look like a vintage film i was intrigued I was captivated. And honestly, that's what I've been missing for years in all of movies that have been made since like 2005. I'll put it on the spot. I thought they did a great job of making it look old and before the original episode one, which is now episode four. But also I feel like they didn't make it like really over digitized like in the newer one, two, and three. So I loved it.
0: So Ryan, right, right, on that point right there, though, because I watched it with my father-in-law, who who had no idea. He like he walked into it as a clean slate. He saw Force Awaken and he saw this movie. He said something very similar, but yet very different. So you said that they made it look like a vintage movie. Just a little backstory, and again, this is not spoiler. But when Gareth Edwards shot this movie, he also filmed movies like Godzilla and The Thin Red Line. So he shot it from an angle as what you would see if you were sitting there. So he shot it with a camera, not being over top watching what's going on, but yet a very eye-level camera, which made it very gritty and more like a war film. Did you get that kind of personification from the the shooting style or was it just like a vintage film? Because that's two different pieces there, but I'd love to know your opinion.
1: I would say both, but I would also say that the um, – the The material look for the way that the actors were dressed also played a big part in that vintage look. They okay. didn't look overly fashionable, like you know, was it Queen namadala all that?
0: Well, there's a you know there's a so, well, there was a choice it didn't to that.
1: Predate. Yeah, right. Okay, all right. So it didn't predate. All right, both.
0: Okay, so Dang Dan, give me some of your insight there, man.
3: Yeah, I thought the. The movie didn't really feel like a Star Wars movie, which is, and I like that. I like that it felt like a suspenseful drama uh, with some stormtroopers thrown in. Okay. So, I, just the feel of the movie altogether um, was really great. And it didn't, I don't know what the right term would be, but you know. In the other movies where they have all the lightsabers and all the flashy stuff, this was more to the point, gritty. Uh, I don't know. It, it just felt that the the feel. Yeah, organic. The feel of it was way different.
0: Yeah, the thing that it it came back on the shooting right. style for me because at the same time I felt that it was it was kind of weird. Like it was, it took me to get used to because no other Star Wars movie was shot from that same angle. So it was almost like face to face, where everything was real close, it was real tight, and it threw me off for the first maybe 10, 15 minutes. And all of a sudden, I was into it, and I realized, okay, this is actually a gritty movie. So I agree with you on that one too. Like it, it kind of threw me off, and it didn't seem like a regular Star Wars movie. But then, as I started noticing all the tie-ins and all the other connection pieces, you know, it really did feel like a Star Wars movie. And I gained that piece. Last man, tell me what your opinions are.
2: Yeah. I mean <laughs> yeah. uh, just sort of me I mean I definitely am falling asleep I don't know it it kind of wasn't uh it wasn't for me uh you know I love Really? Right. Yeah, no it was cool. I, I love seeing all the the bits and seeing all the you know sass talking sort of droids and whatnot. I mean all that was wonderful.
1: But well, would you say it wasn't for you because it didn't have like the 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 same kind of saga storyline to it or like Yeah, there the nobody
2: nobody all was, that stuff. Nobody was struggling with a ginger beard. I get it. Like I mean that's <laughs> that's where we
1: all walk I, I I see what he's saying. It wasn't that same sort of... Well, because it, it, it's not supposed it's to... It's supposed sort of to fit the storyline, but it doesn't fit within the original six. Same sort of way.
0: But see, it, it really... So again, this is trying to be non-spoilers here, but it really is supposed to... Yeah, it's supposed to feel that fill that void between one and three prequels, because this is essentially a prequel, and it's supposed to fill and, and set you up for the four through five. So my father-in-law, coming into this, watching it as a, as a non-lore you know lore junkie like we are, um, he basically said, he goes, that, that reminded me of World War II. He goes, it looked like D-Day. It looked like there was a struggle there, and it set up that movie, and now I finally understand what Star Wars is all about, because what he said to me specifically is that, he goes, I watched... The one that came out in 77 and, and the older ones, he goes, I never knew what happened or why they started that. So I was never that connected to it. But watching this, I can now realize why this whole turmoil started and why, why Darth Vader was doing this and why all of these things happened. Because this movie kind of set it up in a way that makes me understand the struggle as to what happened here. So from that perspective, it's pretty interesting to hear all that and to understand that from a guy who never, never really latched onto them
1: like we did. Without giving anything away, spoiler-wise, I, I definitely can see where he was coming from.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, all right, Louse. It, it was. Yeah, very, it was uh, dark. dark. It was very dark.
1: So, Louse, we're gonna wake you up, man. Okay, ready?
0: Spoiler, spoilers, spoilers now. So we're gonna go spoiler heavy. Wake up, Louse. Everybody, right. if you if you want to if you want to listen to this, if you want to listen, just keep listening. If you don't want to. Spoilers are now. I don't know what time this is, but I'll mark it in the notes below. This is going to be very spoiler heavy. What'd what would you guys was, think?
2: <laughs>
0: oh boy. On your on your list of Star Wars movies, as in like if we had to list them all, where is this at? Is this on the higher side? Is it below? Is it lower? Is it below prequels? Where, where do you like this one in comparison to the others? Out, of, out of
3: seven. Out of seven, where
2: does this rank? Eight. <laughs> so, so you really liked it. Were I mean, you that disappointed in it? Yeah, I mean, I don't think well, why? great. Like, I mean, a lot of the movie, I was just waiting around. I was like, that's cool. Well, well, were you waiting for... Are you sure you scat- weren't sleeping? I was pretty much waiting for either one of them to be like, oh, man, they got chicken tenders, too. And I was going to be like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> like, that's kind of what I was. Like, the whole movie, I was like, uh, okay.
1: So, so last was hungry, the entire movie. I wasn't hungry. <laughs> still not. Oh, you're thinking of chicken tenders.
2: All right, well,
0: last.
1: I think i think where he's coming from is he was he was waiting for more of what we're used to when it comes to the, the the star wars and me being you know the the most or the least talkative when we talk about this i thought it was a great for any star wars fan yeah to be honest with you
0: yeah no so, I, I totally agree so so let's let's walk through these and maybe last again like i think what happens is once you first see the movie you know it, it's it's resonating because i got the same thing as soon as I wasn't overly overjoyed i was just kind of like taking it in and processing it and then once i really thought about it and started to compile my thoughts like i learned some things and i, I noticed some things that were different so i literally have a list of 29 easter eggs and in, in points that will last through the whole the whole movie here all right so i'm going to go through these 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 points you guys want to want to just chime in as i as i kind of list them off Is that cool go for it. all right yeah so the first one, and you guys have to, you know, attribute to the Brewmasters Club here on this one, who saw the blue milk on the table in Jin Erso's house when they first started that? Yeah. How badass right. is that?
3: We all said, we said it out loud, blue milk. <laughs>
0: So did I. So did I. So, blue milk is a, is a popular, uh, uh, you know, a drink that's in the Sky, uh, Star Wars story. Um, we saw it after Skywalker uh, ber- briefly slurped it on the, on the first episode of, of A New Hope. Um, according to Wikipedia, the drink comes from Banthas. So did you guys know that? Blue milk comes from banthas. Yeah, I did not know that until I read this out. But um, so the next one is everybody's kind of rushing to get out of the house because Krennic's coming. And saw you know they had this 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 message that came through. Did you notice that Jin grabs two dolls from her her possessions? She grabbed an imperial officer and another one, but it wasn't the stormtrooper. That doll she left behind. That was pretty neat, right? I didn't see that. Well, the thing is. I, I- I didn't catch that no well the thing is when he goes he goes grab your things she grabs her dolls like a little kid would right like you got little girls and she just grabbed two little dolls and she threw them in a ball in a bag but the thing is if you read that catalyst novel you actually see where Jin like physically puts those dolls together and so she's she's putting these little sewing these together and she has them on a little table and she plays with them and so sure enough when 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 galen says throw these throw your shit together she throws them in a little sack you know little sack and then and it runs out the door so that was pretty neat um the next piece that i noticed is that when the mom lira was running out of the house she handed Jane a kyber crystal you guys saw that too right yeah
1: yeah, yeah. which yep. which at, at the beginning part i didn't know there was a kyber crystal but then i caught on to it her necklace so, yeah
0: yeah her necklace the because necklace. because chinick in the in the Jeddah city marketplace called it out uh which is interesting uh would you guys There's
1: no purpose throughout the rest of the movie but
0: well, there is purpose yeah, yeah. to that. No, this purpose to that, and we'll explain. It. I'll explain it to you here in, in a
1: second. Oh, okay. Yeah, tell me.
0: You know what I didn't understand about this, though, Dane, And Maybe you'll have a little bit more and more insight on this. The Death Troopers. Did you notice they were speaking a different language?
1: Yeah, they all. Yeah.
3: Robotic. <laughs> I I didn't understand. It, it could have been because they're special operations.
0: So was it like encrypted? Or, and,
3: yeah, and they're 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 the special security force for that particular person. So they're they're their own
1: separate thing. Which seems to go down very quickly at <laughs> <And> every turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Well, they they were, they, you know,
0: they were just they were just all sounds, all all kind of like it was like, ow, ow, ow. like I got to understand what it was.
3: We kind of said out loud, you know, what do they say?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, and And
3: that was really it. Oh. We didn't really, we course. didn't really <laughs> dive into yeah. like, yeah, we didn't really think too much past that.
1: Sorry, we're still in my head.
0: That's okay. I liked I liked the Death Troopers, but I felt like they really played a um like a, a chrome like played um a Captain Phasm kind of role where they really didn't do a whole lot. They were just there, you know? Yeah. They're if
3: you look in the lore, they're really great, but this didn't really show what they're truly made of. Yeah,
0: very much. I feel like they were very much underused. I thought one of them would have a flamethrower or something that would really do some damage and then it just didn't didn't show that. But then again, the reshoots that they had, maybe they put stuff back to make it less bloody. You know what I mean? Like less less in your face. So that was just one piece that I thought was interesting. Um, what do you guys think of Saw Gerrera when he found Jin? Because he looked very different from when you saw him 15 years later. Pretty yeah, mean, guy.
3: The... What I took from him is I thought he would have a major role. Um, well,
0: well, he has a pivotal role. He doesn't have a lot of screen time, but his role is extremely important.
3: Yeah, and I know they picked him from Rebels, and I know what his lore is and all that. And I really thought he would have had more screen time. Yeah. So that, what I really took from it is more. He should have had more screen time.
0: So the, the number four point that we have in our list here is that Saw Guerrero was actually trained by Anakin Skywalker, and that is a piece that is in Rebels, uh, the, the cartoon, is that Anakin trains Saw to disable a tank in the Rebels uh, cartoon series. So then... Much year, many years later from that, Saw kind of breaks out of the Clone Wars and then becomes his own, you know, freedom fighter, which is why he was such a thorn in the side of the of the the Imperials and the Rebels because he was just doing his own thing, which we get into here in a few minutes. But also, that was pretty unique how he was such a friend. And again, in the book Catalyst, he plays a really integral role that that brings it into why he made such of an impact on the Urso family. So it was really cool. Um, the next one, so we walk, we wake up. What What are you saying? The next shot that we have is that Cassian is in the like what Blade Runner type scenario there with the two asteroids that are kind of close together, right? That was a weird world. Yeah. We've never seen anything like that before. But did that not remind you guys of Blade Runner? Just in the entire like kind of uh, spectrum that they were in that little cityscape that was real close. I thought that was kind of weird that it was yeah. so tight, but yet so different. He's bumping in his stormtroopers, and he was there, Ryan. What do you What do you think about that?
1: It, it was neat to kind of see the, the that kind of chaotic world, uh, you know, set up, if you will. So.
0: And he shot a guy. He shot a guy in the back who was a, yeah. a, an informant. So, like, what does that show you? That that this Cassian guy is pretty much a badass.
1: Well, I thought he was a snake, to be honest with you. I looked at last. I was like, this guy's a snake. But, you know, that, that was my first initial reaction to that whole scene.
3: It felt like Mass Effect 1.
1: Yeah, it just felt.
0: Yeah, it did feel like Mass Effect because it was it was very tight. There was a lot of people going on, a lot of different species and aliens. It was really weird. Like that's why I re- related back to to Blade Runner because it was just so bizarre and it was so tight quarters. But he then again just he was talking to this guy, got some information. The guy had a broken arm, and he's like, "No, I can't get out of here," and he like, shot up which you've never seen. You've never seen a rebel be yeah. the bad guy like that.
1: I don't know he did what he had to do, but that that's that's kind of a, like it was cool, but then it was like, Wait, what's this guy's like alternative or ulterior motive, you know?
0: Yeah, because you so, knew because you knew within like two so. seconds the 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 um, stormtrooper is gonna be on him, and then all of a sudden it's gonna be a huge deal. So uh, I thought I thought that yeah. was pretty cool. So then the next scene, Jin wakes up yeah. and she's being transported in one of those the Clone Wars turbo tanks. And Dane, you had to have noticed this, Laos You too. Um, that buddy was the H A V A6 Juggernaut, which is the huge six-wheel vehicle that they had in the Clone Wars. What do you think about that? Or do you think it is a repurposed tank that they're using now as a transport vehicle? Is that a possibility? Because they showed it in full force.
3: Don, the only, the only thing I took from that scene was, I didn't even really think about the vehicle. I was like, how the hell did she get to that point?
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: It didn't show jet
1: crap uh, how she got to that point yeah not how she grew up or grew up and all that yeah, yeah.
2: well they,
0: but see they explained it because she said that she because they went over her rap sheet that she was forging imperial documents she was xyz she's always been antagonizing the imperials And fighting not for the rebels, but fighting for herself. So she's either some sort of smuggler like Han Solo. She was doing something else. She was doing something that was getting her in big trouble. And she eventually got caught by the Imperials, enough to the point where she was stuck in jail and then sent off to a work camp because the planet was called Wobani. So she was actually being sent there to an Imperial work camp, which means that she was going to be there working In the mines where they have people doing there but was abducted by k2so and the rebels saved from that big tank which i thought was very cool i'm just wondering why they used that big tank that we saw in the clone wars to transport her that was what i thought was very unique
3: they probably just used the tank um as usual there's probably not uh, a certain upgrade just what they had
0: yeah and that's what it looks like is that they used it from the clone army and they just found a new function for it repainted it spray painted black whatever it may be and and use it again but that's a cool tie back and that's a neat easter egg that they they didn't have to throw in there but they did so i thought that was fun
3: absolutely yep
0: so the next piece is the jedi marketplace or the jedi marketplace right where they 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 bring in one of those scenes that's just begging for a tiny a a ton of tiny references um a ton of high profile uh characters uh, there was guys like uh, Dr. Ivan and Poda Baba, which you guys saw, right? They're just causing a ruckus across the galaxy, bumping into people, trying to get their arms chopped off. You had to have seen those guys, right? Yep.
3: yep.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. those guys end up in Mos Eisley and Tatooine. They must have escaped from Jeddah like seconds before it blew up so they can go get their arm chopped off in <laughs> Tatooine, which I thought was very funny. Um, there's also an RA-7 droid, which pops up in the, uh, the Jawa Sandcrawler of Tatooine. A down to x-wing which was really cool and then your buddy charit which you said um he he noticed a necklace right sitting across from the hall there he goes hey uh you know what's your do you know anything about the kyber crystal and that's what you guys were talking about um knowing that he saw that necklace without actually being there so i thought it was pretty cool that he was force sensitive without being a force user so much um what yeah. do you guys think about his introduction there the blind guy
1: it was cool. Yeah. Good different take. You what? He, he believed he believed in it, but he he was definitely not you know a, a Jedi or or anything like that. He just he believed that the Force would protect, and I feel like that kind of led him in the direction that he went with this you know storyline to to lead us into the next chapter. of Things.
3: I I think he used the Force in a sense. I think. Uh, I think he
0: can influence it. I think he can harness it, but he can't throw it like lightning.
1: Yeah, you can, what, like feel what it what it was what, what like what it wanted to go where it wanted to go for him, like I think particular? for
3: him particularly the force because he was blind, he used some sort of force to lead him and protect him. Um when you think of the force, you think of Jedi's, you know, throwing people around.
1: Yeah.
3: Or Darth Vader throwing people around.
1: Yeah.
3: The Force Awakens, the video game. That's what you think of. Yeah. I think. He believed it, in it and maybe he studied it because you don't really know his background from, from the movie, but he believed in it and he used it in a sense. So it was, he was a great, he was a fantastic character.
0: I thought. I thought so too, because he, yeah. So he was, he was a neat guy because he, he like didn't necessarily control the force, but he was, he could feel it. You know, he, he knew that um, Cassian was a, a captain without hearing his name first. He asked what the guy looked like if he was a yeah. killer which means that he was trying to figure out because what he explained was that the dark side actually like can, can call upon someone before they commit a, an act like death or like murder, which is interesting because he was trying to predict, you know, what these, what these guys were going to do before they were actually doing it. So I thought that was really neat. But um, the fact that he called, that she had a necklace there means that he definitely was tapped into some sort of force aspect. And then the guy behind him, Bay's, we know was his protector slash buddy, which I also really appreciated because you always got to have a buddy if you're going to be a blind man with the staff.
3: <laughs> and, yeah. and maybe the force allowed him to recognize maybe the dark side or recognize the, the power of the Kaiser crystal.
0: Yeah. At least I, I think we'll, we'll, what they didn't really explain in this is that these guys, and they mentioned it briefly. They said that those two guys or that guy is, um, one of the protectors of the Jedi Temple, which is pretty much demolished at this point because there's no Jedi left. So they said that they're basically like bones now living outside the Jedi Temple, practicing this ancient hokey religion. If you remember from when Obi-Wan kind of introduced that in A New Hope, which is literally like four months from the point in the story that we're at now. Um you know, they established that that it's long gone. So this guy was literally sitting out there practicing a religion that doesn't exist anymore. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, but we can we can dwell on that, you know, for a whole bunch. Number seven was the uh, two tubes. Did you guys like two tubes at all? He was the the nasty looking alien with the antenna sticking out of his head and the two tubes literally hanging from the side of his face. Did
3: yeah. You guys see that
0: he was Saw Guerrero's guy?
3: He the who's the prisoner with uh
0: So that's Bodhi Rook. So Bodhi Rook is the prisoner and he's the guy that that escaped from the the, uh, Imperials. But Two Tubes is the mercenary pilot who basically uh, was, uh, he had a breathing apparatus on his face and he was the henchman of Saw Gerrera. And he's the one that grabbed Bodhi and brought him to Saw. And then he also, he also witnessed, Uh, yeah, he also witnessed uh, Cassian shoot his man off the tower and things like that, uh, which was very cool. So um, I just thought that Two Tubes was, was a neat guy because he was such a badass. He's kind of like the the Boba Fett of this, this particular movie because he had this kind of mystique behind him, but he was really not explained. So I thought that was neat. So moving on to, to number 10 here, um, we'll just say that, you know, everybody, we'll actually move on to number 9. Everybody, you know, kind of in the marketplace there, we talked about Donnie yang's character, Chirrut, and how he kind of had this force sensitivity. Um, but basically he talked about how all the strongest people have hearts of kyber imperial tanks we found out were powered by kyber which was interesting because we've never seen a, a power source for an imperial tank which was neat because they they the guys that were trying to steal them which were Saul's characters were trying to pull those kyber crystals out of those tanks to to steal them for whatever reason um they did a good job of doing that we've never really seen that and then all of a sudden k2so similar robot gets shot right in the chest I thought that was hilarious because we had not seen much of him but he's pretty funny isn't he
3: Yeah yeah he great he had a bunch of great one line. sure zippy <laughs> Yeah
0: He was very zippy so then we fast forward and they have they've been captured now and, and everybody's a uh, songareras guys got um you know Jan and in captain andor and they're walking into the to the new kind of saw cave and that's when we hear a new song and they're watching the Twi'lek dancer remember that they're, if you walk when they first walk into that room they're watching on a hologram the Twi'lek dancer which is basically the dancer from Jabba's palace yep yeah i'm glad you saw that yeah and then talk about this bugala monster which is this force sensitive bastard that that can touch you and figure out your feelings right and your memories oh, so that, yeah. that yeah, that was kind of interesting. I would definitely be afraid of that. And he's like, "Oh, you'll definitely lose your mind after this guy touches your face," which kind of scares the crap out of me. I don't know. Yeah, that was creepy. So, how do you think he harnesses like his thoughts or whatever? Like, what happens with that? The guy just touches your face, and then what?
3: His little suckles from his tentacles just suck on your brain or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But how do you, how do you access that information? Is what I don't understand. <laughs> you okay. Now, how do you access it from the from the sucky monster?
1: <laughs> it's a intermolecular sort of thing. It just He's <sighs> like Job of the Hut with tentacles. Yeah, that's what I thought.
0: Yeah, it's pretty nasty.
1: I think they're cousins.
0: <laughs> so so. Either way, what happens is that they end up targeting this this holy city, and that's great because then they they take out this thing. We see Saul just face down his demons, and then all of a sudden, the good guys get away on on the ship. The U Wing, first off. Um, the U Wing, what'd you think about that one? Because that is potentially made in the same factory as the X Wing. Do you guys like that?
3: Yeah, it, it's a new flying apparatus. It didn't really have any offense. Whenever the Y the U Wing spiced me up too much, but uh as soon as the X Wing tell you what, man, I was feeling that.
2: <laughs> yeah. For
0: sure. Yeah, I was feeling that too. What did you think about Vader's Castle?
3: Listen, real quick, the U Wing and the Y Wing are boner killers, the Y-Wing is definitely a boner. <laughs> and then as far as uh, Darth Vader?
0: His castle. Talking about his, little, his castle. Uh, no, his man. castle. We're talking about his castle. So they cut away from where Jin Erso's dad died, remember? And then they went to, the next scene they went to was Krennic going to Darth Vader's castle. And it was on the lava planet, remember that? It was Mustafar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, the funny thing about that is that why would you if you think about it like he got he got maimed, dismembered and totally messed up on Mustafar. why would he go back there, right? Why but not? that's but that's why he built right, cuz that's why he built this castle there, is cuz he 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 as we found out from the previous novels where he gets his power from dwelling on his pain, right? So right. he built so he built his home there on that on that weird planet, which which you think would be wrong, but but he did it, but I thought it was very neat. You Do You went,
3: think helmet looks kind of cheesy now? Well
0: well, you saw the, the the red lenses. Yeah, more so than ever.
3: Like, like he was cool, but he kind of felt cheesy. Yeah, like, and you know the whole uh, whatever his name is, the voiceover—it just kind of felt cheesy to me. Like Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren looks badass, but yeah, back at Darth Vader, like yeah, he had he was badass, and I was super stoked to really see him. In the, you know, with uh, today's technology to really show his power compared to back in the 70s where you wrong, but you couldn't really, like, yeah, he could choke you out with the force, but you really showed it in this movie.
0: Well, you know what I thought was cheesy is when you saw Darth Vader walk away talking to Krennic, and all of a Nelson, he turned and he was like, Mrah. yeah,
3: he's like, and he's like, yeah, and then,
0: yeah, and it's like, okay, well, he didn't, like, he doesn't always do this, right? Like, doesn't he? In the old one, he just looked at you and also a sudden you, like, <laughs> yeah Yeah. so yeah. i felt like this was unnecessary but they showed it for some reason whatever so
3: I was, I was, don't get me wrong i was pretty giddy when that happened. yeah I was
0: like, yeah so was i because at that point that was that was the only that was the only vader we got um yeah so like just fat, yeah Oh, I called it. No, we called it. We called it very well. So <clears throat> a couple of these things, just, just fast forwarding through these. Uh, the 16th Easter egg that we had, we saw Yavin Base. We saw C-3PO, and we saw R2-D2. We saw Chopper. Did you yep. see Chopper?
3: Oh, where?
0: Chopper it was before you saw R2-D2 and C-3PO. When they first panned into the 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 base and Jim was walking through in handcuffs, Chopper went through on her left side, and you could see him right there, oh. clear as day. Yeah, clear as day. You saw. Yeah, clear as day. You saw chopper. There's plenty of X wings. There was Y wings. There was all sorts of crap in there. Um, we saw Bail Organa number seventeen, which is badass because we hadn't seen Bail since um, the prequels, which is awesome. So yeah. Jimmy Smith, Jimmy Smiths came back, saw them, talked a little bit, and then he said, "Oh, I've got to go home to Alderaan, where he gets blown up." You should probably leave. <laughs> um, uh, we saw yavin Base, of course oh mon mothma number 20 here we saw mon mothma come back and she was the same actress that was in the prequels came back for this movie Gwenevieve o'reilly so that's pretty neat that she looked very much like mon mothma, mon mothma but was still back in this movie as mon mothma so i thought that was very neat um yeah. 20 21 k2 so he said that he had a bad feeling about this when he got cut off towards the end of the line um, though he he mentioned that, which is in every single one of the movies. Star Wars. Yep. Yep. Every single Star Wars. So he said that. And 22, bro, who was in the back of the tank?
3: Oh, Darth Vader.
0: Darth Vader. My man. My dog, Vades. Um, we knew it. We called that. The
3: guy in the robe was nobody.
0: Right. Nobody. I did not call that. I thought that was bullshit. That was a wasted moment. I think they could have put somebody with more more gravitas in there. And they didn't
3: way too much hype into that scene
0: <laughs> yeah because you only saw a very fraction of them but you saw that piece that we we pulled out of that out of that clip right The making the monsters of they must have put that in there just to just to tease us wetter whistles and make us really feel like that's who it was because we all called it that's what it was yep um
2: Absolutely.
0: H- how badass was that battle of scarif number 23 that was pretty sweet because them yeah. sneaking in there was awesome and the hammerhead that was used to drive that that ship into there what do you think about that scene
3: yeah that was incredible the whole thing as soon as as soon as they got there i got the feeling like here we go here's the yeah here scene. we go gonna be awesome
0: well the funny thing is and that I, I didn't
3: even think about like the uh the x flying in and like causing destruction like the firefights in the air or in space right? that was really great
0: well the funny Not
3: much fighter action but still great
0: well, the, the best part about it is that that um, Blue Squadron made an appearance there, um, and basically uh, Blue Squadron wasn't the only one that made an appearance. They also brought Red, Red Squadron and Gold Squadron in, two units that survived to hit the Death Star um plus yep. red and gold leaders appeared for the battle and there's only it was also a quasi explanation as to why luke ended up as red 5 because the original red 5 perished in that battle which is cool yep. because he died and then luke was able to be red 5 at the same time Number 24 that we have on our list here is that unused footage from A New Hope was used. Basically, um, the gold leader, John Vander, of the red leader uh, and the red leader, um, Garvin Davis, showed up in the battle as repurposed footage so if you noticed that he showed they showed the same old fat guy in the 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 old <laughs> x-wing and he was like you know red leader you know green leader gold leader um it was yeah yeah those were the same guys and that was unused footage from the 70s that they threw in there no kidding. yeah you, you could have called it did you not notice it when they showed him you were like okay that's the guy oh. no that's the guy if you like all i can
3: think of so like Red five or is that is that correct? Red f- No, red five.
0: five died. It's gold leader and red leader.
3: Li- yeah, so gold leader, red leader, blue leader, whatever. All I could think of was red five. I was like, okay. So I was trying to think of how is this gonna explain how Luke Skywalker becomes red five? And, and it's just the guy dies. Like, right. That's, you know, really going to depth. But but go I kept like nudging laugh. Yeah. Red
0: five here,
3: red five. Great for red five.
0: But but gold leader. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yeah, gold leader was the was the Y-wing I believe and red leader was the X-wing. And the red the red leader footage was from 1977. It was just unused footage that, from the original that, a New Hope. That's awesome. Yeah, that was really good. And, oh. Well, I saw it when I saw the footage of him in that I'm like that's the exact same pilot from a new hope. I'm like, that's so weird. And then I, as I looked it up, I was like, Oh my God, that's, that literally is the exact same guy. Yep. So, so moving on, we had, um, 25 is the ghost, uh, from rebels. They mentioned Syndulla in tw- as our point number 27, uh, basically on Yavin four The rebels head off to Scarif and someone says, uh, general Skandula over the, or Syndulla over the intercom, which is a cool callback to rebels, Um, Then basically the two last things that I want to talk about is that ending. Holy mother effing shit. Yeah. Did we not call that to a mother effing t?
3: We did. And I was excited and I knew everyone would perish. Yeah. Which was fun. I like how they went out. They did good. They accomplished the mission at all costs. And they were able to finish what, I, and we kind of discussed this uh, off camera, but we're like, well, so does the Death Star only destroy certain cities right now and it gains power. And I said, well, I, I'm pretty sure it destroyed Jeddah. Like that's gone. And then uh, the, just the little city right there um, where they're fighting I think they just destroyed that. If I'm correct, or not,
0: I'm not. So what I think for both was that basically Tarkin Tarkin pushed Krennic, and if you read Catalyst again, Tarkin's always trying to make Krennic look bad. And so Tarkin pushed Krennic into test firing on Jeddah, and he destroyed that city of Jeddah. Yeah. Now, when you destroy a city from the Death Star, you basically take out a continent. So it's not that that the whole planet is gone. It's literally like you know, 20% of the planet is just decimated. And that's what they did with that test fire. So the second test fire was when they were just going to clear out Scarif and they said, well, screw it. We don't want them to get the plans off there. So just blow it to hell. And they, they test fired, they test yeah. fired for the second time. So it didn't destroy the, it. it didn't destroy the planet, but it decimated everything within that, you know, multi-million mile mark. Um, that's what I think happened because it's definitely didn't blow up the whole planet. But those are two test trials because in Catalyst, yeah. in Catalyst, the first test trial they shot off, it it did destroy a city, but it almost destroyed the Death Star as well. It murdered like 20,000 of the people that were building it and it backfired. And it was terrible, but that's all in the Catalyst book. What, oh, when I said that ending, what I was referring to was the Tantive 4.
3: So, okay. All right. I'll, I'll jump into this. Get it. So, this party, and one of my higher-ups is a big Star Wars fan, and he went to the midnight showing, and we were at this long table eating Christmas dinner, and he looked down at me and he said, hey, uh, Mert, you played uh, Force Unleashed 2? I said, yes, Guardian Sergeant, I, I've seen Force Unleashed, I, you know, i played it. He's like, you remember the Darth Vader scene?
0: Oh, you know, like, Jesus. Darth-
3: Murder, like, all the jazz. I'm like, yeah, he's like, yeah, you're gonna like the movie. And I'm like, Oh, God, mother... so, like, I'm like, not so, again. Like, I'm going not into, again. I'm going into it thinking like, total massacre. And I didn't like this what makes movies great is when I don't know what's gonna happen at the end. So at the end, where it ties into a new hope. And Darth Vader
0: seamlessly. Voice-
3: yeah, seamlessly. Boards the ship, murks all the rebels. I'm like, okay, this is good. And happens and it didn't blow my mind to the point of like what I thought was going to happen. I thought they would just show like Darth Vader just murking a bunch of people just because. But um the purpose of it where he boards the ship, all that happens, and then they pass off the plans. Yeah. And then you see the white robe and I looked at I, I pushed Laos. I I shoved him. I Leia, Leia, Leia. And it's her. And the CGI. Her for her and Tarkin were very well done. Yeah, on point. But I could I already I already knew Tarkin was CGI. So like looking at him, I could really pinpoint. I'm like, okay, they're really showing too much of him. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, don't show too much of him. Cause I can really tell. All
0: right. I feel like his face was, like, wider than it should have been, which is weird.
3: <laughs> it looked weird.
1: Um, yeah.
3: But they did well for, for what they were trying to get at. And then seeing Leia there at the end, and then I'm like, it blended perfectly. And I give them much credit. Yeah.
1: Very, very.
0: First off, first of all, I just had to say, like, uh, going back to that, that uh, Vader scene, man, dude. First off we like we called it we absolutely called it we're like listen my dog vades he's gonna get like five minutes of screen time but part of those five minutes is just gonna be slashed and just yeah. slashing people and dude it was it was, it was oh it was perfect because you know you know his his armor restricts him from going up high so he was deflecting and just and choking people and smashing them up on the ceiling and then smashing them <laughs> down and dude it was it was exactly it was exactly what i wanted it was what we we predicted it was exactly what what we needed to see for vader and i just thought that was that was top-notch man and then all of a sudden yeah like there's five guys four guys three guys and he slides it through the door and then all of a sudden the lightsaber the lightsaber yeah the lightsaber goes straight through the door right and it's like oh god it's like and he, he trips on the thing and he gets on there and all of a sudden boom they get off right oh um, and he's just standing there and it's like but at the same time you know what I was thinking? It brings back the Force Unleashed. I'm like, why doesn't Vader stand in there and he sees the ship go away? Couldn't he just force the ship to come back to Tantive IV, right? I don't know. Why wouldn't he have done that? Because that would have meant that, that Princess Leia is on that ship, and he would have probably felt that or known that. And so he could have yeah. just, just pulled it back and then gotten what he wanted.
3: <laughs> I mean, if that happened, yeah you know, no movie, no of
0: Sure. <laughs> and it's over.
3: And, but Leia, she gets the plans. She turns and like, what does this mean? A new hope. I'm like, right. boom there.
0: But she was very, she was very calm for saying that. I mean, she was very calm. That was a very calm thing to happen when Darth Vader <laughs> was right there. <laughs> there's a firefight all around yeah, her all around her uh the funny the other funny thing is that they they did before she even touched those they go hey um check check the escape pods which is which is how c3po and and r2d2 get off right and so they threw that in there too which which was pretty neat so they, they had so many callbacks but overall um how many star wars would you give this uh, 10 out of 10? ten zero five six seven eight what do you think
3: yeah for me it's a 10 out of ten i really yeah. enjoyed I I really, and so I I saw what episode, it was episode three. I saw episode three on it was like TBS, TNT, whatever, and I was watching the part where Anakin tells Mace Windu, hey, uh, Palpatine's, you know, he's a bad dude, whatever. Yeah. And then Mace Windu says, okay, you stay here, we'll go handle it. And then Mace Windu and the Jedi, there's like seven of them, they confront Palpatine. And it's that fight where Mace Windu and Palpatine are going at it, and the glass breaks. Palpatine shoots his lasers, or his lightning. And then Anakin shows up, you yeah. know, because, you know, it's the transition from him being Jedi to the dark side. And that whole, like, I couldn't even watch it. Like, I was like, this is so bad. Yeah. So so bad. Yeah, disgusting. Bad that I can't watch it. So I took yeah. it off.
0: Yeah, it's uh.
3: And then this movie, compared to that, which and that holds so much um story so much levity. They it's levity
0: because it was it was what the beginning was of that. that. What yeah,
3: what they could have done with yeah. One, three. It's like ah, but seeing this movie, I was giddy. The whole time granted i was a little drunk you know i had a couple beers but i was giddy i was giddy i was excited i was shoving louse like oh yeah this could happen like oh get ready and uh i loved it i loved every second of it yeah i'm i'm gonna give it a 10 out of 10
0: yeah i agree man I, i don't know what it i don't know where it comes into play in terms of like what exactly uh i don't know like uh my favorites are – I love Empire, of course. I love A New Hope. Yeah. I love A New Hope because it was what started this. But, man, this – if you look at this – like, what I went home – and so I watched it on – I watched it and then immediately came home and watched um, A New Hope. This set up A New Hope, like – like you would never believe. Like I mean, if you watch this one and then you watch A New Hope, it is it is seamless. It just goes straight through into the next story, and it just keeps going. And all the ties and the cues that you heard in Rogue One go right into to the next one. So hats off to them for just making it as seamless as they did because it's it's perfect, man. They did a great job, and that's I'm really excited.
3: what yeah. Episode eight, if yeah, because episode
0: seven
3: was. Episode 7 was okay.
0: Well, 30, 30 year gap. It's, it's, it's a, it's a long hill to climb, but, but it was good. It was a good setup. So I, I want to see where, where episode eight goes to.
2: Uh, Absolutely.
0: All right, man. So on that note, we're going to wrap up this extremely long uh, version of our podcast here. Uh, why tune in next week? Basically what we did today is we had a, um, an, an interview with Mark Denote. He's a writer and author of a Florida craft beer guide. Um, very knowledgeable dude in terms of Florida craft beer. He also wrote a second book called Tampa Bay beer guide. Um, a lot of stuff going on there. We're going to analyze what Mark's interview uh, kind of showed us as to the Tampa Bay beer scene and what's going on with him. Um, of course, you can always find us on uh, Amazon uh, or via the link below, or you can uh, hashtag Brewmasters Club Cast to participate in the conversation. Uh, we would appreciate you guys. If you can, leave us a review, leave us a comment. Um, find us on YouTube, find us on uh, Facebook, find us on Twitter, at Brewmasters Club. Dana, where can they find you?
3: Guys, you can find me on Twitter at dtmirt, D-T-Mirt. DT mirt
0: D-T-Mirt. mert. Of course, you can always find the other guys, too, at their various Twitter handles. However, they are passed out for this evening, and this is a, uh, a solo episode. We do appreciate you guys uh, tuning in.
2: You've been listening to the official podcast of the Brewmasters
0: Club, Craft Brews and Geek News. Grab a beer with the guys and be sure to subscribe to catch additional content. Add this podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. Chat with the guys on Twitter at Brewmasters Club and Facebook and online at www.brewmasters.club. Cheers.